you would, just please bow your heads with me. Dear God, we come to you now and speak directly to us. And let us hear the message you have prepared for us, dear Lord. You speak truth and let us hear it and let us go out and live it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to get through these slides because this was last week's. So we're talking about healing divisions, and we live in a divided world, and we are kind of concentrating on um, not only the church, but also as we tighten a circle around families, um, making sure that we understand. Last week we talked about the foundations which we're built upon, and basically it's grace, and it's the idea of family, coming together as a family. And uh, I did a wedding yesterday after the thing out here last night. And uh, we uh, always stress in our premarital counseling and also in the actual sermon that we give during the, the service is that the first institution that God gave and blessed man with was the institution of family and of marriage. And that um, was even given to man before the church. And the church is modeled after family. And if you look at how Jesus Christ modeled his ministry, he modeled it after the family. He brought people together, and he had dinner with them. Um, he lived with them. He spent time with them. He invested in them. He taught them, and then he showed them, and then he watched them do it, and then he sent them out to do it. And that is the whole ministry of Jesus Christ. But the very foundation upon his ministry and sending those guys out to where we are sitting here today is the, is the relevant answer of what happened at those days. It's all built on the foundation of family. And we're going to talk today about the resources that are provided to believers so that we, knowing what the foundation is, what are we given, what tools, what are we given to make sure, what resources are we given to make sure that we are building a proper layer of our foundation because while we're here on this earth, we lay our foundation on top of the foundation that those before us built on. And if you have not been blessed with a Christian family, then you're building the first layer of foundation. And you want to make sure that you build that strong with good material, as the Bible says. And that you build a foundation so that those coming after you can build their layer. And so we are hoping that we're teaching in the way and we are modeling in a way so that those who are coming after us can build, if not stronger, at least the strong foundation that we are laying during our time here. And hopefully as we are laying our foundation here, we're laying at the optimal level that those laid before us, okay? So what are these resources given? We're still in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter, in the fourth verse, it says, I think my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which is given to you by Jesus Christ. So the number one resource that is given to us is grace. And last week we touched on this, but I want to touch again on it, that grace is the favor and blessing of God. Without the grace of God, there is no hope for man. There's no hope for man without the grace of God. It, and no one deserved it. No one could earn this favor or blessing, and it also gives us the depth 
and also the richness of how much love is in the heart and mind of God for us. That we as dirty, broken individuals, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did it because of grace, because of his love for his people. And it says that the kindness and love that dwells within the very nature of God, it is not just given in a theoretical form, but it is given in application. It is giving, given when G, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. His grace, his love never stays in a theoretical level. And I think some of us sometimes we understand what's going on that in the Bible, what we're taught. We're understanding the process of Christianity, but sometimes it stays in a theoretical form. And we have to put that into application in our daily lives when we come into contact with not only our family, but also those around us that we come in contact with so that we experience and we share the love of Jesus Christ in our everyday living. And that is made possible because God showed grace upon us. Otherwise, listen, if you're here, and I, I can't see all your faces because of the spotlights, but, and I know most of you here are already Christians, but until you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you truly can't love someone in the proper way. And I'll say this also, that if you're standing with Jesus Christ is not in the right way, then you can't show love in the optimal way towards your family and friends that, that you need to. You can only show as my Uncle Larry taught me years ago, that has really stuck with me, that unless this is right, none of this is right, okay? And if you're looking around today and none of this is right, it's probably because this isn't right, all right? And you hear that? That's the best thing you'll ever hear in a church right there. Amen? If you don't, amen, I think he said it. <laughs> all right. If, you don't, if you're not hearing that in church, something's wrong, okay? You're dying. God's grace covers all life, which, you know, general atonement, it's given to everyone. It's given to everyone. And that is what something that we talked about last week is having a heart of humility. When you receive God's grace, you have to receive it with humility. No, you can't have Christian pride, okay? You can't have Christian pride. You can't have anything that you think you own or deserve or have earned. It's all given to us by God's grace. Every blessing in this life is made possible because of God's grace. And we need a life that shows that in our living. All right? And it goes on, the kindness and love that God freely gives. He doesn't hold back from anyone. You ask for God's grace, he gives it to you. Amen? And, he, and those who have acted against him, even us who he found in our worst condition, he showed mercy and grace to us. And when we see those who are at their worst, guess what we're required to look upon them with? Mercy, grace, and love. And we look at them so many times with judgment, and it causes us to have a hardened heart towards those who we should be serving and those who we should be showing grace. Because that's what God showed us when we were at our worst. Even, the Bible says even when we were covered in our sins, he still loved us, loved us so much that he sent his son who had no sin to become our sin and die upon a cross so that we could discover, we could get and receive God's grace. That is the gospel right there. And we need to live a life 
that shows God's grace in our living. He gives it to those without strength. So today, if you're without strength and you can't think you, you, you think you can't move on or you can't go any step forward and you're about ready to give up, ask for God's grace because for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. If you ask for God's grace, he will give it to you. Those without strength, ask for God's grace. If you don't think you can take it anymore and you got nothing left to give, ask for God's grace and you will receive it. He gives it to the ungodly. For those who were up without, still without sin in due time, he died for the ungodly. And that's kind of an eye-opener here because I think sometimes we kind of end up as Christians separating, which we're supposed to. We're supposed to separate ourselves from the world, but not so much that we can't live in the world and make an impact on the world. And I think sometimes what we do is we separate ourselves from those who we don't agree with and those who live differently than us. We separate ourselves so much that we no longer have an impact on them. And we have no more of a witness or an influence on them. And it's because we have separated ourselves so much that we look down upon them and they feel our judgment. And they interpret it as hatred and judgment. And whether or not that's what we mean or that's what you're trying to show, that's how sometimes they receive it. And so sometimes when we hear people who talk about they're, they're unchurched or they don't want to go to church, or they don't want to have anything to do with any of the religious types or Christianity or anything like that, they're saying that because they have felt hatred from Christians. And that's not right. Because at one time, we were the ungodly. And we received God's grace. So as we receive it, we're also supposed to show it. And sometimes we have to show it with those who we don't agree with. We don't agree with their living. We don't agree with their choices. But at the same time, we have to show them grace, mercy, and love so that we can serve them in the right kind of way and they don't build a wall up against us. Okay? Also for sinners, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we have been saved by his life. Everyone who cries out to be saved has always been saved. And that is because Christ, Jesus Christ, died for sinners. That was his mandate here on earth. And he drank the cup of damnation dry, as they say. He accepted that cup and he drank it dry when he allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. Resource number two, the gifts of the Spirit, all right? So now that we know that everything is made possible and built upon the grace that God shows us and that we receive from him, now let's talk about how we can present our glorification of Jesus Christ in our life. And the way that we do that is by using the gifts that the Spirit enables us to use so that the world can see and witness Jesus Christ through us. Not because we're anything great, but because we are a vessel being used by Jesus Christ. And it says there that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance, and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what's that saying is that he is equipping 
every church with the needs that they have. He's providing gifts. Here's the rub. Sometimes we don't accept that or we don't live up to using our gifts in the optimal or the way that we're called to use it. So let me just say, okay, this church is blessed, blessed with people who have been blessed with gifts, all right? And I'll say this, we were down today, it's prom after prom, the day after, after the races, this has been a very busy weekend, weddings, all kinds of stuff going on. People have been, you know, called out and, you know, we were down in the choir, we were down in the band, but still on our down days, we still had two guitars, a bass, and a piano player, and two singers, and one singer there who couldn't, didn't sing just because she didn't want to hurt her voice because her voice was already hurt, okay? And then we had a choir full of people that could sing, all right? Let me tell you, that's not happening in every church on down days. That would, they, they're praying for our down days. Trust me, I've been at a church where you had one piano player. And if they didn't come, guess what? Everybody's doing this. That was the music for the day, <laughs> okay? Or snapping or something. Not everybody is blessed as blessed as we are. So the first thing I would like to say is that we need, as Star Church, to look up today and say, thank you, dear Jesus, for blessing us in the way that you bless us just in our worship services, all right? Because in our bad days, our technology is still far more advanced than a lot of other churches are blessed with, okay? And we have people who know how, listen, if, I, if, if we traded places, if I had to go up there and run that stuff, none of this would show up because I don't know how to do it. The computers hate me. Ariane says that when the computers rise up and take the world over, I will still be alive because I am no threat to them. <laughs> I will just be walking around like, hey, where did everyone go? And they will just ignore me, okay? because I'm no threat to them. In fact, in my other job, they're taking our actual telephones away from us. They want you to use a headset through the computer, all right? I've gotten 17 emails in the last 10 days saying, this date is the last day you can use that phone, you need to send it in, because I'm chaining my phone to my desk and you can't take this away from me. I don't know how to use that thing, all right? So, listen, we are blessed, we are blessed with People with great gifts, okay? Here's where we need to concentrate this morning is to make sure that we're answering the call. Each and every single one of us, we are answering the call of the ministry that God has placed into our lives. Every single one of us. And you say, well, I'm not a minister. Yes, if you're a Christian, you're a minister, okay? You have been given a ministry, and it is a ministry that only you can serve, and without you, we don't get that ministry here. And because of that, we go without. And we are not at our optimal level when everyone is not exercising their ministry at the level that they're called to do. So just let me say, I don't know how much importance you have placed on your ministry, but it is of the most importance in all of the church. Because each one of us have been called to a great ministry. And it is our obligation and our calling to answer that and to exercise our ministry so that others can see 
Jesus Christ and experience Jesus Christ. Don't we need more love, grace, and mercy in this world? And the way that we do that is that all of us exercise our gifts on a daily basis at the level that we're called to, op- to, to exercise it. Remember the, remember the song, Give the World a Coke and a Smile? Remember that? I don't know exactly how it went. It was a long time ago. But the, essentially it was like, give the, give the world a smile by giving them a Coke. Give the world Jesus Christ by exercising our personal ministries. And when we come together as families, then we come together healthy where everybody is exercising their gifts, and there's no imbalance, there's no voids. And then when we widen that circle, when everybody comes together and exercises their ministry, this church operates at the optimal level, and we make a greater difference in the world that we know and we're called to serve in. Amen? We are, um, the, one of the gifts is we are sealed by God. And here's the thing. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts and our guarantee. And what that's saying is that we are given our gift, and it is a gift that you will be able to exercise with great importance because it is given to you by God. Not to glorify yourself, but to glorify Jesus Christ through your serving, and through the answering of your call. And we are sealed with his love and grace so that we can go out and exercise our ministry at the level that we're called to do it in, okay? Also, we are given it in full provision. There in that 1 Corinthians 1, 5, it says, so that you come short in no gift. If everyone answers the call, if everyone exercises their ministry... We will feel and acknowledge no shortage in what we need, okay? And I just, I just bluntly tell you, we do what we do here because that's what we're able to do, okay? And that's what most churches do. Um, in fact, one of, the, one of the sessions yesterday was talking about cutting out programs because you're moving yourself or pulling your people too much in different ways that it becomes thin. The ministries become thin. And we don't want that to happen here. We don't want to have to cut away programs. We want to build up programs. We want to add programs. We want to do it so that we can make a bigger impact. Okay? And if we do that, the only way we do that is when everyone answers their calling. And I'll say this in a, if you tighten that circle up inside of a family, when you feel a void, when you feel that things are missing, it might be because one of you are not answering the call of your ministry that you're supposed to serve inside of your family. And so you feel a void. You feel a shortage of some sort because we're not living at the optimal level that the Spirit is driving us to. And the glorification of Jesus Christ is not happening through us because we're not answering the call. All right? So if we're going to, to, to make a difference in this world, in the world that we know and live in, then we have to answer our call and perform our gifts in such a way. Because it says there that we have no shortages when it comes to what we are called to do. And then there is a security and assurance that those who also conform to the end, that you may be blameless in the day 
of our Lord and Jesus Christ. This isn't talking about living a perfect life. You want this to talk about living a life where you live a life for Jesus Christ. And he says that when we do this, we will be called blameless in our day of judgment. Not because we were perfect, not because we made all the right decisions, not because we didn't hurt somebody, not because we didn't do something wrong, but because we answered the call and because we allowed Jesus Christ to live in us and because we are saved and have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And you can live a life and go out and know with the confidence that Jesus Christ is going to be there for us when the day of judgment comes. And when the day of judgment comes, there won't be any friends up there with you, no family, your grandma won't even be able to be there with you. And, Jesus, and God will say, why will, are you able to walk into heaven forever? And that's when Jesus Christ will say, because he is sealed, she is sealed by my blood, which was spilled out Calvary. He's, she belongs to me. That is the assurance that we all need today. And as Christians, we receive that assurance. And because we receive that assurance, we are called to live a life that glorifies Jesus Christ, knowing that everything in life happens to us because of the grace of God. And that's what we're built on. And we're called to complete the work, being confident that everything that has be begun will be completed until the day Jesus Christ comes, and we are called to keep his commitment even when we suffer, we suffer not for him, not to be, or not for to be ashamed, or not just to be hurt. But we are, we suffer because we have been called to a life of Christ. And it says that I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. We are within his fold. He is the great shepherd. He even went out and sought the one. He left the 99 to go find the one. He is the great shepherd. He will keep us. It is our obligation to stand on that confidently, go out and live a life that glorifies Jesus Christ because of the things that he does for us, knowing that he will be there for us in the end, and we are saved because of his grace. And then resource number four, here we are. Complete the circle fellowship god is faithful and we are called into the fellowship of his son jesus christ what's fel what's fellowship fellowship is family the actions of family okay and how what how do we why do we have family because we are called by god to be in a family we are called by god to become a part of a family, not to exist in a family, but to become a family. And he takes that a step further. He doesn't just call it family, but he describes it by the action that family does. He has called us to be in fellowship. Fellowship is the action of family. Those who love one another come together and they have fellowship, okay? They experience each other, they love each other, they encourage each other, they correct each other, but it's all done in love as a family. And he doesn't just say that you're called to be in a family, to just exist in a family, but you're called to be in a family, and he uses the action of family fellowship. And we are called 
in fellowship for one reason. And the one reason that we're called to come here together is to glorify Jesus Christ together. If we don't do it, the rocks will, all right? So we are called to come together. And for you who did not receive the spirit of, we did not receive a spirit of bondage, but we received the spirit of adoption. We are his children, given every right of those who are naturally born. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs who will inherit everlasting life. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Why do we come together? The suffering's already happening, right? That happens naturally. Why do we come together? For one purpose and one purpose only. It may be to have a meal. It may be to have Bible study. It may be to sing or something. But everything that we come together has one purpose, and that one purpose is to glorify Jesus Christ. Why? Because he showed us grace and mercy and love on the cross, which God called him to do. And all blessings flow through Jesus Christ because he answered the call which provided us with that grace. And it is our obligation not only to go out and live and to show our spiritual uh, gifts out in life, but also to come together as a family and to love one another, to experience one another. Even if you don't like somebody here you're supposed to have fellowship with them. You're supposed to love them. You're supposed to show them grace, mercy, and forgiveness because that's what we got here. Okay. Do you know, I'll finish with this. Do you know that the original word um, church was just, um, the Greek form of it um, was just describing a collection of people that came together for a purpose? That's what it was. In fact, if you notice that in the Pauline letters in the New Testament, he always calls it the church of Jesus Christ. And the reason why he does that is he's calling the collection, the word, people coming together for a purpose are coming together for a purpose for Jesus Christ. And what has happened is that over the years, the church did it so well as they came together in, a, in the purpose of Jesus Christ that the word actually got adopted and got moved into describing what we're doing here today. Now you, all you have to do is say church, okay? And the other thing is that we're coming together as Christians, okay? We do that for not just because we're supposed to, and we were taught that every time the doors open, we're supposed to be there, but we're here and the original church came together to equip each other, that meant to teach each other, to build each other up, to encourage each other, to pick each other up, to pray for each other, and to love one another. That's what the church was originally called to do. And what we need to make sure we do is that we answer our calling to come together in the exact same way that the original church did. Okay? And then, just like Jesus Christ sent out his disciples... We send each other out after the service, guess what? To go out and be disciples, to be examples, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in our daily living. That's why we're here. And let me say this, okay? 
If we do it in the right way, I promise you, these divisions that are existing in this world, and they're big, okay? In fact, some of them have been called, you know, lost causes. I'm telling you, there is no lost cause on this earth with Jesus Christ. Every division, the largest division that ever happened was the gulf between God and man when sin entered. And guess who filled that? Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ can bring us back and, and put us in the right kind of condition with God because of the, the I mean, the, the curse of sin is bad, right? It's hit every single one of us for every generation since that first sin. That's how horrible that one is. Guess who made that division come back together? Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.